Hey everyone, Cooper here, host of the fine podcast you're listening to. I just want to let you know that the episode you clicked on has a format that is very heavily inspired by a podcast called The Bookening. To be clear, our thoughts and opinions in this episode are our own, but the format is very similar to this podcast. I just wanted to give you a heads up and give credit where it is due. With that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the screening. Today's screening will be Star Wars The Last Jedi again. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the screening. I am, of course, your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs, and joining me today are my good friends, Mr. Matthew Killingsworth. Howdy. And Mr. Isaiah Ryatsky. Hello. Well, here we are again, folks. Um, yep. Same people, same attitude, here to... It'd be pretty weird if everyone just kind of left and some other random people joined. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, it would be kind of weird. By the way, we're here... <laughs> We're talking about, speaking of weird, a weird movie, weirdly bad, The Last Jedi. So, last week, we started the roast, we talked about a lot of character arcs, and some good things, but mostly bad things, and so this week, we're going to finish talking about some characters, and then talk a little bit more about the movie itself. You guys ready to talk about it? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. Well, I think first off, the character we didn't, we're going to start with today is the character of Rey the main character of this new sequel trilogy. So, in The Force Awakens, she's this girl who's on a desert planet, oddly familiar, and she wants to leave, oddly familiar, and then she runs away with a uh, another person and finds a mentor character, oddly familiar, and then she goes on an adventure. And I think, I guess we, we mostly like Rey in the last movie. I think that's fair to say, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie, she's on a mission, find Luke Skywalker, bring him back, and when he won't come, she goes by herself to face down Kylo Ren. And she's actually not really a major player in this movie, except for maybe at the end, which is kind of weird. But, um, I don't know, I'm mostly fine with Rey in this movie, I don't know, how'd you, how'd you guys like Rey in this movie? Well, you kept describing like the whole, uh, all the scenes with Rey as oddly familiar, which is true. Because she was basically what Luke used to be, and mm-hmm. right, she was trying to get like the actual Luke to come Although, back. Although to be fair, um, Luke yeah. did not, you know, just defeat a mighty dark lord within an hour of learning how to hold a lightsaber. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. No, but like that, I don't know. That was just like her character and her role mm-hmm. was like the new Jedi who was being mentored, except. It was weird. The better version of Luke. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the better version that was also the old version of him, and he wouldn't come back. So it was just weird. Thankfully, she wasn't that whiny either. So yeah, 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 it's true. But I mean, I that's another thing that I didn't understand with Luke. He was like, "I'm not a Jedi anymore. I hate the Jedi, but I'm still gonna teach you." Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Just pick a side, dude. So, (laughs) did you guys feel like Ray felt different in this movie? Was she more serious? Was she more, I don't know, mission-minded than she was in the last movie? Were there any changes that were apparent? 
Don't know. I think for me, I think she did feel a bit more serious in this movie. Like in the last movie, she's smiling often. She's kind of like, I guess, the hopeful person because she doesn't know really a lot. And then in this movie, she's more, like I said, the mission-minded person trying to get Luke Skywalker and bring him back. And she didn't smile that often. And then she faces down the red people, which we'll talk about soon. And I don't know. It felt a little different to me. I think she also doesn't contribute even close to as much to this movie as she did in the first uh, sequel. Yeah. Because the first one is literally just following her the whole time. And the story of how what, what the life that she used to live. And then following her all the way to where she got to Luke's Island. Yep. And now she's on Luke's Island. And for the entire movie... Like, while all this other stuff is happening, as dumb as Rose and Finn may be, they're doing, like, they're on a mission, like, kind of some stuff is happening, also with dumb characters like Holdo, but at least stuff is happening back on the ships. But, like, on the island, the entire movie, there's a lot of scenes that'll cut back, you know, it'll it'll show something with Finn and Rose's mission, and then it'll go back to the island and then show something with the ship and then the island. And every time they're on the island, it's the exact same thing. It's like... She tries to, it's like she's, the entire thing is just her attempting to get Luke to train her and, like, come back and help them. That's the, and, like, and it never works. He always, like, says no, and then she gets, like, a forced FaceTime call from Kylo Ren, <laughs> and then it, like, has a weird, like, dramatic thing, and then it just ends, like, mm-hmm. every single time. Like, yeah, there, it was no, like, progressive, there was no progressing story. It was just slightly altered versions of the exact same scene several times in the movie. Yeah, and I don't think, and even in those scenes, Ray isn't that likable too. Like in um, in Force Awakens, the opening scene with her and the desert planet, and just her kind of daily life—that's some really good stuff with John Williams staying playing in the background. But this time, like, oh, I guess we're back on the island again with her and Luke Skywalker, and yeah. J.J. Abrams for all his faults, I think knows how to direct the actor Daisy Ridley in a better way than Ryan Johnson does too. So, hmm. yeah. And that, like, probably, like, what is it, the third time after Luke gets mad at her and, like, goes in his hut and it's raining and she goes down by the ship, everyone was just like, oh, here comes a FaceTime yep. call from Kylo Ren. And then it, <laughs> then it happened. And then everyone, you know, that was probably the best one, a little exciting, took his shirt off for that one. <laughs> it was all just the exact same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next yep. up on the uh, as a service, do you have anything to add? Hmm? No, I was just agreeing with Matthew. I said, yep. Yep. Well, next up, a character that I think we all have strong feelings about, Poe. Poe Dameron. Um, I don't know if we talked about this much on the Force Awakens episode, but I think we all really liked him in the Force Awakens. That was kind of cool, and how he was the next Han Solo character. Next Han Solo, yeah. And I think we were all looking forward to seeing him develop into, I don't know, even, even a better guy in this movie. And then, at the end of this movie... You're kind of down on Poe Dameron. I mean, he's completely made less of a man. He's destroyed, and he caught... Basically, the whole movie is because of Poe's... Like, everything would have been okay at the end of The Last Jedi if Poe had just not done anything. And yet, there he is. He's still, you know, gets slapped around, slapped in the face, and just stupid things like that. Right. I feel like the whole purpose of his character in this movie was just to be slapped around mm-hmm. by the uh, higher-up women <laughs> in the... <laughs> organization or whatever it was i don't know it was pathetic because he was completely like 
I don't know, he was not manly at all in mm-hmm. this movie, like the type of Han Solo character would be and always has been. He was just like the butt of all the drama. He's kind of a little whiny. Anytime he didn't get his way, he got like all mad. That's true. Well, yeah, but honestly, like I'm not, I'm not not on his side. Like also, okay, you say it was like kind of all his fault because he did, he did whatever. Like, honestly, he did a lot of stuff that like made bigger problems and it was really all his fault. But also a lot of it was stupid purple hair, hair girl. Like all he did was ask a question and she would be like, don't worry about it. And then he would try to fix a problem because he thought she didn't have an answer. And if she had just honestly answered him, then, like, n- that problem would have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not... It's not like she actually had some really good plan the yeah. whole time. Like, she literally just made it up right before. And I don't I don't think it ever told us the reason was... What the reason was why she didn't tell him. Like, no, was it, it wasn't supposed to be sp- spies... If you have, if there, if you think there are informers yeah, like, in the ship, well then, yeah, don't tell anybody besides trusted people. But come off, there's no reason given to it. No, she was literally, she was literally just being dramatic and causing drama and yeah, being like, like, "I'm not gonna tell him because he's a flyboy and I kind of like him." Yeah, but like, if you're not gonna tell people because you think there might be a spy, like, come on, Poe, the yeah. dude who like the straight to hold dreadnought, come it's on. It's true. You think he's kind of committed? I mean, and I'm not really complaining so much against what. Like the lessons that he had to learn, but I'm just mad he had to learn those lessons in the first place. Honestly, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, next up on the list we have Princess Leia or General Organa or wherever she is. So I think that in this movie she's actually better. In the last movie, in the last movie she was trying to play some kind of sincere motherly role to Ray and mother to Ben, I guess, as an innocence. But in this movie she's yeah. more general, barking orders. And it seems more like... And somehow has the force. Yeah, and... Yeah, all of a sudden. And then we get, like, that one flashback to when... Or was that in the Skywalker. last movie? Okay. Well, I won't spoil yeah, it then. But, but, I don't know. I think I think that it's she's actually just a better actor in this as well. Trying to... I don't know. From what I've seen, I mean, from what I know of character Fisher's later life, it seems like she's more in, in, uh, in character in this movie than she is in the last one. Hmm. Uh, I think it's also, I think, it's probably not entirely her. I think she was a good actor in both. I think probably just the different directors told her to play different roles. Right, and I of. think that Ryan Johnson played more to her strengths as well. Yeah. Also, there was nothing about, like, her missing Han Solo at all in this movie. Yeah, just kind of... Like, she just she was just totally fine. She's just like, now I'm the general. And she did also, like, you were talking about the motherly, motherly relationship kind of thing with Ray. I, feel, I felt like that was in this movie, too. Yeah, I mean, she never really talked to Ray except for at the end and in reference with the beacon. Yeah. Actually, wait, you're right. It was uh, it was at the end of 7 that she was like... Hug her, right? No, no, maybe it was the end of this one. I can't remember. It was when she was uh, answering like all Ray's questions or trying to, and they were flipping through those books. Flipping through the books... That might have been in Rise of Skywalker as well. That might have been Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Because at the end of this one is whenever it shows that she has the books and then it just kind of ends. Like, and then it goes to her lifting the rocks and then it ends. Right. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Next up, Finn. We've already talked about most of his stuff because all the bad stuff kind of (laughs) involves Finn. But I think that Finn's arc is almost right. I think it had the potential to be very good. But Ryan Johnson 
he had a great opportunity and he just kind of let it fall through his hands. So what I'm talking about is at the beginning of the movie, he's still the guy who is still not really for the resistance. He's just trying to fight the First Order and he's also fighting for Rey, right? And so he goes on this whole mission to try and get Rey back, but then he's Rose is kind of teaching him, is supposed to be kind of teaching him, hey, fight the good fight, it's worth it, all that kind of stuff. And then at the very end, I feel like it would have been awesome if he finally learned, hey, I'm going to fight the good fight, I'm all all this kind of stuff, and then he sacrifices himself. And I think you add a little bit more stuff to lead up to that, and I think it's a great arc. But what Ryan Johnson does instead is he robs him of that moment and makes him not sacrifice, which I think is silly and and almost makes him the bad guy for doing that because she's like, Idiot, you yeah. were trying to kill what you hate when you should be saving what you love. And he's like, no, actually, I was going to do both simultaneously. Yeah, those things so. are not mutually exclusive. Like, they can't coexist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and then at that point, which one's more important? Because if not killing what you hate is more important, then you might have to sacrifice what you love. But, and what's so silly about that yeah, it's just, is the fact that in, in the movie, several people destroy what they hate. Like in the, in the, when the opening scenes, the person who presses the button and drops all the bombs, how is that not destroying what you hate? Yes. And she I held know. on the thing like, oh, she's saving what she loves. No, she's actually – and then Holdo as well running through the thing. She kind of destroyed it, yeah. And Finn – I mean, in that scene, Finn's not trying to mow down the first door. He's just trying to crash his thing into the cannon so that his friends can escape. Like I think he's doing both. Yeah, because that cannon yeah, would literally have killed all of them. He makes the cannon like – implode and then probably kill a lot of the guys near it too true true but yeah and i and i think that with finn's arc it would have been so much better if he had sacrificed himself and i think it could have been a really powerful moment and also been kind of added more weight to the next movie and the rest of the movie just kind of been like hey yo here we are um there's some stakes now finn's died he's done this for him we got to do it for him Right, and, I mean, a main character dies, so that's some weight as well. Also, I want to kind of talk about what Ryan Johnson said on the commentary. So, in that moment, we all hate. In the theater, when I thought that was happening, I this is my exact thought. I was like, this is it. This is when uh, Finn's going to die, and it's actually a great moment. But anyway, so what he wanted to happen was Finn was going to about to sacrifice himself, and he wanted the audience to think that Finn was going to die. I mean, they, it, it's kind of obvious when you're watching it. He's going towards it. They're playing sad music. You see Finn's face get resigned to the fact he's going to die. And then Rose comes out. Then and he, he gets thought, hit from the side. Right. And then he thought that it was supposed to be this, it was going to be this big, powerful moment. Like, oh, yay, he doesn't have to die, and Rose is going to save him. But it, I don't think it landed that way for pretty much anybody. So No. Yeah. That just made the movie worse. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you guys agree with me? You think that the movie would have been better if Finn had sacrificed himself? Yeah, definitely. Yes, I do think so. Because especially since when you see how little he contributes mm-hmm. to the ninth one, like there was mm-hmm. no reason to keep him there. But okay, also I want to bring up Finn and Ray for a second because obviously throughout the whole movie, Finn is just like obsessed with Ray. He like misses her, and he's trying to do everything for her. And all that kind of good stuff, and then when they finally get reunited at the end, they're like all, they're all on the uh, Millennium Falcon, and and like, okay, Finn just goes and like mm-hmm. sits with Rose and just completely ignores Ray, and then Ray's just over there like putting books in a drawer, and then Poe Dameron like winks at her, 
What map? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she off the Millennium Falcon. No. Or she should have just got hit by the cannon trying to save Finn. Would have been better. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, Rose <laughs> irony. Loser. Uh, it would have been f- so funny if, like, everyone else did die when Ray. When uh, sorry, when Rose like knocked him out, she's like, "Everyone you can't dies. Kill you, you gotta save what you love." Yeah. And then Finn just like looks over there, and everyone is just dead. He's like, "What did you just do?" That is not saving what um, you love. Yeah, that should be in a how it should have ended. Oh, it's so dumb. It but yeah, he just like he completely he completely ignored Ray. Yeah, like when they finally got reunited. I think that it would have worked better if he had gone to Ray first, right? Because, I mean, we still haven't seen Finn and Rose and Ray in a room all together, basically. And so I think it would have better if Finn had gone and just kind of hugged Ray or whatever and then gone to Rose or whatever, and then you could have the same scene. But And then Ray just force chokes Rose. <laughs> this is not a podcast where we come up with the creative ways <laughs> to get rid of Rose, all right? Besides, J.J. Abrams effectively does that in the next movie anyway, which we'll talk about. All right, anything else to say about um, Finn? Nah. Yeah, it's just a missed opportunity. Come on, man. Mature storytelling. All right, next up, the bad guys, Kylo and Hux. So. Those dudes. Yeah, and this is another part where. What? General Hux is a good guy now? Yeah, this, what? My, look, this is the thing. One of the, I think that could have been a good thing in the next movie, but it was one of the lamest things I mean, I don't know. Ever done? Yeah, basically. <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. But in this movie, Hux and, and Kylo Ren are, I don't think they're that great. First off, Hux, in the first five minutes, he's the butt of a yo mama joke. <laughs> and then he gets slammed on the floor. <laughs> I think he gets slammed on the floor and like, okay, well, I guess this guy is, you know. Right? <laughs> no, he's he's such a wimp. So he's what's funny, a wimp. Uh, in, in the commentary that I, uh, if those of you don't know, sorry, I watched the movie with director commentary and... One of the things that he said about General Hux was that he found him a funny character. That's what he said. I found, I just I don't know why I just found him a funny character, and so <laughs> he's a butterfly moment joke. It just these things. It's keep funny happening. how pathetic he is. It is. That's, I thought he put Hux in there not to be funny, but to show like how or something like about how like such a young person could be leading such a criminal. No, no, that's what like the that. J. Abrams did. Oh. Oh, by the way, oh. last time we completely forgot to do random facts. Uh, yeah, we I saved him for that. But, uh, okay, before we get off of the topic of Hux, I also want to bring up the part. So, like, we find out he's the rebel spy or whatever. In Rise of Skywalker. And he just wants he – just, he's just against – oh, wait, that's the Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Oh. Come on, Matthew. Why am I getting so confused between these two movies? Let's, kind of, let's talk about it. If you have a point to make about this movie too, then – Then do it. Oh, uh, well, no, I'll just talk about it later. Okay. Time. Yeah. Oh, that's really. Mhm. Yeah, and at the end of the movie too, where he's talking about with Kylo Ren, and then Kylo Ren's like fire, and Hooks repeats him fire, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like this guy is just so yeah. silly. He's a buffoon. <laughs> all right. He's just trying so hard. Yeah. When Which... he actually has like no actual power and no reason to be at that authority, like Kylo Ren has the Force. Mm-hmm. And is really skilled with lightsaber and is also buff. So, like, he could beat pretty much anyone else up. So, he should have that power. But, yeah. like, General Hux is just, like, an absolute wimp. And, okay, I actually will bring this in. So, 
when they're like escaping and he's like, I don't want them to know that you escaped. Shoot me in the arm. And he shoots him in the leg. And he's like, oh, and then he like waddles over there and he's like, they shot me in the leg and got away. And he's just like, you're dumb and shoots him. Yeah. (laughs) Because, okay. If he's really, if he's the highest up like stormtrooper, stormtrooper commander, do they just hire random wimps to be the highest up? Do you not have to go through all the other levels of training? Okay. So how are you going to get shot in the leg? His and dad just, was like a, so supposed stupid. to be a. I think he was a high-ranking officer in a, uh, a Imperial Academy. So that's maybe how. Time for a random fact. Who wants to go first? I will. He will. All right. This is about oh, uh, Benicio del Toro, who plays that really weird stuttery guy. DJ. And- yeah, DJ the Codebreaker. <laughs> and so anyways, uh, so this is, the, this is the random fact about him. He was cast back in the late 90s as Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. But after finding out that Darth Maul would die in that movie and not be in any future movies, he decided not to play the part, which I think is completely ironic yeah, because it's, so it's not like this guy is a big character. Yeah, I mean... Like, why? Just, Why know. would you choose DJ the Codebreaker? And he's such a lame character, too. No, and yeah, nobody likes and him. And Darth Maul is the favorite person from the prequels. Oh, yeah, everybody loves him. He got brought he's back awesome. because everyone loved him so much. Yeah. And, I don't know. This, okay, for the for the DJ Codebreaker guy, talking about the character in the movies, uh, I remember just watching this the first time, and whenever... Like all he was trying to do all that weird double crossing stuff that literally never like hit home with me. I never understood it. I'm still I still don't understand like the jokes or whatever. So he like helps them out and then he gets like his big thing of money and turns them in right before that fiery scene where he's like mm-hmm. rebel scum and all that. He gets all his money and like whatever he said right then, he was like what what did he say exactly? He was like that's Sorry, just bro, business or something. I got it. I got uh, no. We got caught. I cut a deal. Yeah, I cut a deal. I didn't get the joke. I still don't get the joke. I guess he's just... I think... So, again, what Ryan Johnson said is Rose is supposed to be the angel on Finn's shoulder, and then DJ's supposed to be kind of the little devil on his shoulder. Right? So DJ's trying to convince Finn, hey, don't... You don't need to... You just gotta play both sides, bro. You just gotta be a little good, a little bad. You know, selling money to both sides. You don't need to fight on the good side. There's no good anyway. And then... When he's in there, he's like, hey, bro, listen, this is what I'm telling you. You're going to get killed. I got caught. I cut a deal. I'm rich. I'm walking away from this kind of thing. But uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's, he's a weird just, character. It was just weird. And, and what was like? What was the point of the stuttering? Like, was there I don't know. She's supposed to develop his character, I guess. Uh. People, Some people like this Benicio del Toro guy. <laughs> um, he's the weird guy from... Guardians of the Galaxy movies was it named The Collector. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he doesn't stutter in there. No. And yeah. He's just he always plays these weird eccentric characters and some people like him. I'm like I don't I don't think I like him that much. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, back into Star Wars. Next up, Kylo Ren. So in the in The Force Awakens, I really love Kylo Ren. I think he's cool that he's a Vader. Um, basically copycat, and he's trying to be Vader, and he even has Vader's mask and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually did like that. Um, and I thought he was really cool, and I thought it'd be really cool to see him and Ray 
play together, and then uh, Luke and Snoke would be kind of the the big thing, and maybe they'd get out of the way. So, but the thing is, at the end of this movie, you're sp- it's supposed to be like okay, it's Kylo Ren and Rey, a duel to the fates style, right? I mean, I think that's that's what I was hoping at least. You get Snoke and Luke out of the way. Kylo and Rey are now the big two players, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe at the end, you know, Kylo will turn or whatever. Um, did you guys think that at the end of this movie? What were your thoughts on Kylo Ren at the end of this movie, and where where do you think he was going in Rise of Skywalker? Oh, at, oh, at the end. No, honestly, I thought like so during the like the battle scene that was also like a basically complete copy of the Death Star scene in Episode Six, but. Like during that scene, mm-hmm. uh, with Snoke and Ray and everything, I thought like he might turn good. Actually, like I was like, why would you do that? Because you've already had other characters do that. Like that's too much. Why would you do that? But I thought that's what was gonna happen. Then at the end, it seems like that part where he decides to like you know approach in his ship and like personally kill all the rest of the rebels seemed like okay. He's decided he's bad. Like that's yeah, he's it. Bad now. After Ray, after Ray turned down his offer, he's just he's bad for good. <laughs> that was kind of funny. No, he's bad forever. I mean, and um, yeah. but then you know, obviously in nine he comes back and like ends up trading sides again. I'm like, just pick a side, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that just that's too even for Star Wars. That's too much side trading. Mm-hmm. Um, he had so many opportunities to swap. Killed like, his own dad and he's like, and, oh, and I feel like, and he took him. every opportunity to swap. I want to push mm-hmm. back. Like, he would a just go bit back and forth because I think that it's kind of interesting that just as Luke and Ray are tempted by the dark side that kylo ren is quote-unquote tempted by the light side i find that to be kind of interesting but i don't know i i i want to get on to ryan johnson for more than just the trading because i think kylo ren never really fully commits to the good side or the light side i mean i think his whole point was he was trying to just he was trying to kill snoke number one and then number two like i said he, he reached out his hand to ray let's rule the galaxy together let it all die um but um, my thing is, they were never gonna do that. Ray was never gonna turn to the dark side, even though that's no. actually really interesting. We would all be pretty mad at Ryan Johnson for it. Don't even play with something we know you're not gonna do, because mm-hmm. we know you're not gonna do it. It's there's no emotion. There's and they even put it in like a trailer. Then they're like, oh, I guess they're not gonna do that. Yeah. So and when no you've future. announced that there's only gonna be one more movie after this one, then <laughs> we just know that you're not yeah. gonna. And it'd be really interesting to see that happen, but I mean, it was never going to happen. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd come up with something. But yeah, that actually, though, what if the dark side won, like all mm-hmm. of Star Wars? That'd be kind of pretty messed up. Hashtag uh, Rogue One. I don't know. Not really. Yeah, it wouldn't be Star <laughs> Wars. Star Wars, by definition, is good versus evil. Good always wins. But I would would have liked to see though at the end of Rise of Skywalker, Luke's point kind of continuing. Hey, yo. Actually, the Jedi are kind of bad, but, like, the Force is the Force, and the Jedi and the Sith are on opposing ends of it, but the Force is just the Force, and they can be used for good or for bad, so why don't we just use the Force? Because, you know, the Jedi used it for, I mean, they they were the opposite. They they said no passion, and the dark side was all passion, so why can't we find a happy medium, and at the end of Rise of Skywalker, let that happen? But, I don't know. Um. Anyway, can I point about well, Kylo what, Ren? Well, that that was the whole chosen one, like bring balance to the force. Thing. Yeah, this thing is the balance of the force is either they're both fighting or they're not fighting at all, right? Either the force is actually balanced because we have 
an equilibrium of people who are living with the both. They have some passion and some, uh, but they also have selflessness, right? And it's just kind of a mix of both, which would have been, I think, the best alt option for ending Rise of Skywalker. Um, but otherwise, you just have continual fighting, which is balance. Um, but but Kylo, honestly, at the end of this movie, he's he. First of all, he's yelling. He wants to kill Luke, and then Hux kind of copies him. Which anyway, he gets drops down. He's fighting Luke, and he gets beaten by a force projection. And then at the That's end, he's just tough. he's just a a sad little child with you know daddy issues. And at the end of the movie, I don't think we thought this. I think we still thought that. I think Isaiah was all like, "Guys, Palpatine's coming back." We we're like, "Nah, nah," but yeah, in this movie, if you rewatch it, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, they had to bring Palpatine back. There's no way this guy was going to be the main bad guy." Yeah. Well, if you heard the music, if you heard the score that was playing in that Snoke no, scene, but- like right when he, right when he lifted Ray up and was like lightning zapping her, it was like, "Dun dun 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 oh, dun yeah. dun." Dun, first theme. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that one. Yeah. It's a good theme. Hashtag we love John Williams. Alright. Next up, Holdo. What is there to say? What is, is there she? to say? Uh no. I thought we already talked about her. She's just annoying. Like, why can she not tell Poe all the stuff? Like just tell him and he yeah. won't do anything. Why can't she be in any of the other movies so we know who she is? And- why can't she have regular <laughs> colored hair? The Vice Admiral Holdo? The one nobody heard about? Guys, we don't have any money to buy more fuel or anything, but we have money to buy her hair coloring. What a great way to spin their credits. Spin your credits. Yeah, I don't know. What is they just we don't like Holdo. Yay no, Yay she I died. Mean, I mean Yeah, Yay she died. We were, I, mean, I think she died with the medic thoughts, I think and honestly, I think she died yeah. in a fine way. Like that's that was a great thing. Yeah, but why did it have to be Holdo who did it? Right. Well, but I mean that, and why did it have to be so late after all the other ships got destroyed? Yeah, just do it. Yeah, ship. do it. Why has nobody thought of this before? <laughs> I know. Where was this whenever the Death Star was around? Yeah, one dude is like, Alright, I'm gonna give up my life and go straight through it with like an X Wing done. Yes, that one fat guy that dies in every movie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? He's yes, in every single one. He's in an X-wing and he's like, Aah! and then dies in every single one. <laughs> he, it should have just been him in every movie blowing up all the Death Stars. Been so much easier. Oh my goodness. And I mean, if like going through light speed can go through like a force field like they did in Seven. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, I think it's time for another uh, random fact. So, Jose, you want to go and do this one? Sure. All right. So, you know those two dudes, uh, Prince William and Prince Harry? Well, no, uh, apparently... Huh? Who, who's that? Prince William and Prince Harry. They're like I'm just kidding. I, I, knew, I knew you wouldn't actually be able to explain it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Anyway, uh, we see continue. there's like a queen and it's like a monarchy and... Yeah, basically. Things. Uh... Apparently, they played in this movie. Just like Stone uh, Troopers? They were... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. I'm glad that so they apparently were... get two Prince dudes to be Stormtroopers, and no one ever knows that it's actually them. And it would have been funny, though, if, if I... they were, like, monarchs on a planet or something like that, and they got overthrown. I would pay to see that again. 
okay. <laughs> well, actually, I think a lot of famous people have played stormtroopers yep. in like the most recent movies, just because like it's something you can say you've done, yeah. and nobody's gonna know because you just like march around yep. basically. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I would totally do it. I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Um, okay, two more things. Number one, let's talk about the th- throne room scene real fast. Yes, so, this is what was an exact replica and copy of the uh, Death Star throne room scene. Mm-hmm. It was literally the only difference was the colors. Like the that's red, literally yeah. the only difference. And that Snoke didn't get thrown down a giant. Thing, that's right. He got cut in whatever. Half. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we but he also got killed. He still got killed. Like literally, well, same thing. Technically. Palpatine never died. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just mad at J.J. Abrams now. <laughs> um, really? But anyway, I actually kind of liked it. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But um, I think that this throne room scene, I don't know, it was kind of cool, but I'm, we're not the first people to say this, but hey, if those red people had all just jumped at the same time and swung their things, like, you know, they'd be dead. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that that's kind of just how Star Wars works. That's how Star Wars works. Um, but I mean, okay, look, think about the just the character matchups. Obviously, Palpatine and uh, Snoke. Then Kylo Ren would be Darth Vader. Rey is Luke. So Luke slash Rey go by themselves, by choice, to the Death Star-like place, you know, the big base, whatever you want to call it. And um, I guess in this case it's a ship, right? But, like, whatever. And then they go, they are brought by the person that they already know, as in Luke, his dad, or Ray, his, her, uh, how do we describe Kylo Ren? Uh, a buffoon? They, they've been talking a lot. And <laughs> they get brought there by, like, the people that they're, like, friends with, but that are also on the opposite side. And then they get put before the big, like, king guy. And then that guy kind of plays around with them a little bit, plays with their mind until he forces he them to make a decision. And then, yeah, and then like a little bit of fighting goes on just to look cool or okay. a little bit of like kind of build up dramatic scene kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. when you think Kylo Ren's about to kill her and then, you know, then the Kylo Ren Darth Vader character turns on his master and kills him. The only difference, I guess, would be Darth Vader died and Kylo Ren didn't. But literally, it was so exactly the same. Also, like even just the little things, the guards in the rooms, Red. they. Well, yeah, but I mean, the colors are like the one thing I would say was different. But also, just like the window opening up, and he was like, "Look and see how your friends are suffering." Like yep. that whole thing, like the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cool. It was, but. Yeah. All right. One thing I want to know, though, if Snoke, the dude who has the Force and can probably block, like, laser bolts coming at him with a lightsaber, how does he not notice a lightsaber next to his seat turning and then, like, almost yeah. turning on and then killing know. him? Like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, come on. Because he was, like, he was, I don't know, they they kind of had a, like, I don't know, barely valid attempt to cover that up. And it was where Snoke was like, I can feel all of Kylo Ren's thoughts. I know that he is turning his lightsaber towards his true enemy. Yeah, it's true. And he was like, no, when he said true enemy, like, oh, I see. 
Yeah, yeah. And he would just happen to be super vague on that true enemy part. Like he couldn't see exactly who it was just he just knew it was the true enemy and just blindly trusted that that was Ray, obviously. Yep. And then Kylo Ren. I mean, that was that was a little bit smart of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Turning like the actual lightsaber and the force turning the other lightsaber at the same time. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, they got like the force sense, basically Spider-Man like sense. <laughs> Something like that. Spider sense. And All they right. can't know that. One final question. So after this was over, after we kind of um, regrouped our thoughts after having not having seen it for a while. Did you guys feel any excitement for the next movie, and or what did you guys talk about in between? Honestly, just how they're gonna fix it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much. You, you know, about. you know what I was really excited to find out about. What's gonna happen with the kid with the force that uses the broom? Guys, I yeah, told no, you guys absolutely you guys, nothing. This I told you from the beginning. I literally did. I said this guy is just a show. There's, it's, he's not going to be the last Jedi. That's all he's there for. He's not. You're not going to see him again. And I was right. So, I know, but like, why, why, why? Just so unnecessary. Pointless. Yep. All right. Last thing, I want you guys to give your one sentence summary of the last Jedi. Like review. Sorry, one sentence summary review. Mm. Better luck next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get new ideas. Yeah. Mine, be more mature in your storytelling. All right. Down with Rose. <laughs> that should have been yours. All right. There's some donor shout-outs. Matthew, where would someone go if they wanted a donor shout-out? Oh, they would go to patreon.com forward slash the screening and donate to any of our $5 plus tiers. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. So I say the person, and then you say what their stormtrooper number would be. All right. Okay. Isaiah, yeah. your parents, Mr. and Mrs. Ratsky. Um, let's go with 1,572. Nice. Uh, Matthew, your dad, Mr. Killingsworth. FN2188. <laughs> okay. Isaiah, <laughs> your grandparents, Mike and Sylvia. FN578. All right. And Matthew, Lizzie. Four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll be back next time with our review of The Rise of Skywalker, the epic yep. culmination of the Skywalker saga, and uh, saga. it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said that on purpose. All right. <laughs> we hope you thoroughly enjoyed our roasting of The Last Jedi. Make sure you go support us on Patreon. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And until next time, may the Force be with you, and... This has been The Screening. <laughs>